0: Grace, mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As we approach the task of preaching this morning, let us bow our hearts and our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for you and your spirit to be among us in this place, that he would open up our hearts, our eyes, our ears, our minds to you and your word, that through your word, may see your loving heart for us in Christ. We ask this in the name of your Son, our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. So if you can remember all the way back to the beginning of January... And I know that's difficult for some of us, like me, who cannot remember what he ate for breakfast yesterday. But if you can remember all the way back to the beginning of January, Pastor Brandt kicked off a ministry emphasis for us this year that we're calling the Year of Discipleship. And the Year of Discipleship is that this year we're taking intentional steps to be better Disciples. Now, it's not to say that, that we were taking poor steps in the past, and it's not saying that next year we're not going to talk about it at all. But what it is saying is that we're serious about heeding the call of being followers of Jesus. So that first week, Pastor Brandt kicked off the ministry emphasis for us and said that we are faith-filled disciples to be faithful disciples. And that next week, Pastor Kaiser said that disciples are a baptized people. And just last week, Pastor Finsky reminded us of the call that we have to serve our, our neighbors and to love them and to cherish them and, and to think about them in all things. And as we know, there's going to be a different emphasis each month. So the emphasis for this month is, is worship. And I think it's, it's very, very good and important that we start there because worship is what forms and norms our lives as disciples. And we're going we're gonna to come back to that at the very end and kind of unpack it. But that's going to be our, our guiding principle as we go throughout the sermon, that worship forms and norms our lives. And to do that, we're going to hit the why of worship, we're going to hit the what of worship, and we're going to hit the so what of worship worship. So let's get down to it. And let me ask you a personal question right off the get-go here, and it's a rhetorical question, as many of them are in sermons. But why did you come to worship this morning? What brought you here? What what motivated you to come here? And since I asked a rhetorical question, I'll give you some rhetorical answers uh, and see if any of them fit for your lives. Perhaps you came here because it's Sunday, and that's what you do on Sunday. When there's a Sunday, you're here in worship. It's just what you do. Perhaps you didn't have quite as much of an option to come or not. Kids, perhaps parents brought you to church, or perhaps for, for some of us, a a family member brought us to worship, or a friend brought us to worship, or a spouse brought us to worship, and you were going to be here either way. Or perhaps you had this feeling inside you, maybe last night or this morning, and you were like, man, it's a good day to be in worship. I need to be there. Or maybe I need to be back there for the first time in a while. Now, all of those are, are good answers. They're all correct answers, but I'm going to suggest that they're all, they're all surface-level answers. So we're going to take time this morning to kind of dig down deep and to get to the root or the foundation behind the why of worship. So let me ask you again, why worship? I think it starts with the fact that we all have a common trait or a common thread that runs through all of us. And there's certainly a lot of differences between us, right? There's differences between you guys and, and me and the people sitting in, in the back, in the middle, and in, in the front, D- differences between, between the acolytes and the ushers, and, and even just maybe just quite a, just a small amount of differences between Pastor Branton and, and I. Not a lot, can I pass vicarage? (laughs) No, but but there's some differences. But there's a common thread that runs through all of us, and that is faith. That we are faith-filled disciples to be faithful disciples. And faith, it transcends culture and and race and and gender and nations and and time. And it's important that we we start here, and we start very simply that we're here because we believe in Jesus— If you didn't believe in Jesus and His work for you and in your life, I don't think that you would take the time to be here on such a cold and blustery and snowy morning because you wouldn't see the importance of it. And it's important that we start there because I think all of the rest of the whys flow out of that one. So, we believe in Jesus. Therefore, we believe in his word. We believe in the power of his word where he reveals himself. So we believe that we need to hear that word. And the word is at the front and center of everything that we do here. Have you noticed that that the word drives what we do in worship? Take for example the invocation. Right, Pastor Brant stood here and and faced this way and said, we begin our service in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Well, that that hearkens our our minds, that reminds us of Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When we begin worship, we're remembering that, that we are baptized into that name, that baptism put God's name on us. It also reminds us that that is the name that we need to proclaim to the nations. And during confession and absolution, confession and forgiveness, Pastor again stood there and said something along the lines of, I, as a called and ordained servant of Christ, forgive you all your sins. That's straight out of Scripture. It's rooted in Scripture, John 20, 23. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. And we read God's Word in worship, usually three lessons, Old Testament, New Testament, Gospel, and you hear a message each week based off of a Scripture reading, this time Hebrews 10. And you hear the benediction, that's almost word for word straight, out of God's Word, Numbers 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Worship is at the center. It drives everything that we do here. Now, I think that there's, there's one more reason behind worship. And and you can argue that, that there's a lot of reasons behind worship, but one more that we need to hit this morning, and that is that worship strengthens our faith. Worship is a place for sinners to go to receive God's forgiveness. Worship is a place where we can hear the assurance of our salvation in and through and because of Jesus. And we know that God's Word isn't dead God's Word is not just, just words on a page in a book that's, that's on our shelf, perhaps collecting dust. No. God's Word is active. It's alive. It's transforming lives. It's strengthening faith. So that's the, that's the why of worship. Let's hit the what of worship. What is worship? And we're going to use three words to guide our what of worship. And the first one is receiving. That worship is primarily receiving the gifts that God has to give to us. And that's another way of saying that, that worship isn't about us. It's about God and what God has to give to us. And because I'm a visual learner, I have an illustration for us right here on, on the screen. And right here is my backpack. Now, this is the backpack that I use to tote my seminary books to and from class. Now, I am very excited, and my shoulders are very excited, and my back is very excited to give this little thing here a break this year in Frankenmuth on vicarage. Because for some reason, theological textbooks are so heavy. And I haven't quite figured that one out out yet. But this, this backpack, I think, illustrates so well for us the receiving of worship. Because when we come to worship, whew, we come with empty backpacks, empty bags. We come tired, tired from the week. We've put out more fires at, at work and at home than we probably care to count. We felt uh, lonely. We felt desperate. We felt frustrated. We felt the pressure of this world bearing down on us, and we come to worship and we're we're tired. We have empty bags ready to receive. So when we hear the invocation, when God's name is is placed on you and you remember your baptism, in goes love, in goes grace, in goes mercy into this backpack— And when you hear the confession of sins, when your sins are forgiven, more grace, mercy, and love. And when you hear the Word of God read to you, we know that hearing, or that faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the Word of Christ. That's what St. Paul says. In the backpack goes more faith, more grace, and more love. When you hear up at the altar, and you hear the words of Jesus, that this is my body, this is my blood, for you, in goes grace, in goes love, in goes mercy. And when you finally get to the benediction, more grace, more love, more mercy, and finally, whoo, this sucker's getting heavy. In fact, it's, it's o- o- overflowing. And that's good, because when you walk out of these doors and bam, life hit, hits you. Parents, when, when you walk out, out of these doors and, and your kids start bickering. Kids, we're, we're not going to do that. Or kids, when, when you walk out the door and your brother womps you on the head, you reach into your bag. And realize I said reach into it and not reach for it. But you reach into your bag and you can give out grace and love and mercy because we've been given so much of it here in worship. So, worship is about receiving, but worship is also about giving. Now, worship is, is primarily about receiving, more about receiving than it is giving, but there certainly is an aspect to it. That part of worship is, is us giving back to God what He has given to us. And we do that through song, right? Right, we praise God. We do that through prayers. Our prayers ascend to God. We give God our prayer request, our, our our prayers for our thanksgiving, our prayers for comfort, our prayers for our family, for our friends, for our own necessities. We do that through through the offering, through our giving of, of money. We we support God's mission and ministry here because discipleship touches every single aspect of our lives. And we know that that worship isn't just a place that we come to, to, to sit down and stand up every once in a while and wait to be entertained. And worship is not a place where we come to sit down and stand up every once in a while and look around and see who's singing and see who's not singing. Worship isn't a place where we come to sit down and stand up every once in a while and very mundanely and monotonely repeat the words that are up on the screen for us to say, no, no. Worship, worship is, is active. Worship is, is our time to bless God. Bless God? Well, that sounds like some bizarre language, isn't it? God is the one that blesses us? Well, in fact, that's very biblical language. And it may be not some that we talk about quite so often, but take a look at Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. There's a contemporary Christian song written on this psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, it goes on to say, and forget not all of His benefits. Forget not all of His benefits. Well, That raises the question, where are we reminded of His benefits? Where do we receive His benefits? In worship. Worship is a place where we, where we bless the Lord through song, through prayer, through focusing on God's Word, through loving our neighbors. So worship is about receiving. Worship is about giving. And the third word is worship is about connecting Worship connects us to something bigger than ourselves. Worship connects us to someone bigger than ourselves. And Jesus knew that that the church needed, that we needed community. That's one of the reasons why he didn't say, where one is gathered in my name, there I am. No. He said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am. Because worship is about community. Besides, how awkward would it be if it was just me up here? How awkward would it be if it was just just me leading the service for myself and, and me reading the readings for myself and me preaching to myself and me playing the organ to myself if I was so talented and me mixing the soundboard by myself and me moving the cameras so that I can see myself better? It's very, very me focused very quickly. Worship is a communal thing. Worship connects us to something bigger, connects us to to the church at large, and it connects us to someone bigger, and that is our God. So as I promised, we'll come back to the very first phrase that we said at the beginning, that worship forms and norms our lives as disciples. So what does that mean Let's unpack it here. Worship forms our lives as disciples. Well, it's because what happens here in in worship is just a small microcosm of what happens in the rest of your lives. Here in worship, God, God feeds you, God nourishes you, God cares for you, God delivers you, and you respond to His grace. So, in your life, God feeds you, God nourishes you, God cares for you, God delivers you, and you respond to His grace. There's a rhythm in worship here that we get from the rhythm of the rest of our lives. Worship forms our lives. Worship forms our lives, and worship norms our lives. Well, what does that even mean? Well, it is normal for us to receive God's grace and God's forgiveness and worship lavishly. So, it's normal for us in our lives to give out that grace and that forgiveness lavishly. It's normal for us in worship for God's Word to guide our thoughts and our actions. So, it's normal in our lives for God's Word to guide our thoughts and our actions. It's normal here in worship to gather as community, to be built up and be encouraged. So it's normal in our lives for God to us to look to community, to be built up and encouraged. Do you get the picture? Worship norms our life. It's normal for us to receive, to give, and to be connected in worship. It's normal for us in our lives to receive to give, and to be connected. And and that rhythm, that norming and forming in our lives will continue until the great reception, the great connection, if you will, and that's the time that Jesus comes back and receives us into his kingdom to usher us into eternity with him forever. And we say... Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that your words would guide us. We pray that your word would guide our thoughts and our actions and our daily walks with you so that you would lead us to love and care and cherish our neighbor. We ask this in the name of your Son, our Savior. Amen.